take a moment and think about your body. In this moment, are your fingers tingling or feeling a bit numb? Are you sitting on a chair? Is your lower back aching? Are you listening to this in the car and you're tapping your fingers on the steering wheel? Take a moment to ground yourself. Really take in how your body feels right now. Because that's the theme of this month. For the entire month of April, we will be discussing body image, going beyond how our bodies look like, appreciating what our bodies can do for us. But maybe for some, it's not body positivity. It's shifting the conversation towards a more neutral zone. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fatayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. Don't hate on me because your confidence tank is on me. So right now I'm really just struggling to like accept myself as what I look like and who I am. On this episode, we dive deep with two millennial women in their late 20s. They both run in the same circle here in Milwaukee, yet they have completely different experiences with their bodies. If you ever had a conversation with a young girl, the conversation might veer its way into body image. Why do I not look like her? The presence of sexualized images online can contribute increasing body dissatisfaction among adolescent girls. Sexual objectification through images may reinforce to adolescent girls that their value is based on their appearance. Young girls can be influenced to change their appearance and seek validation on social media. And this is the time where your identity is in formation. But what if you survived that and now you're in your mid-20s? You lived through the body shaming movement that came, in my case, the early 2000s. The decade heroin chic fashion era that gave way to low rise jeans and baby tees and sites like Tumblr that allowed thinspo content to spread like wildfire. Throughout this entire month, Hyphen's Element Everest Blinks will be joining me. Think of her as my older, wiser sister as we listen to stories about our complicated relationships with our bodies. Element, the first person I spoke to was Yasmin Muhammad Ahmad. She's 29 years old. She's a black Muslim woman who wears a headscarf and she's plus size. To open our conversation, I asked her, how does she feel in her body right now? And I gave you kind of like a generic description of her. What do you think her response was? You know, I'm kind of, I'm interested to hear this because if she wears her hijab, like the idea of dressing a certain way for your culture can allow you to cover up things that you feel really, really great about, but also cover up things that you're not confident in. And I would assume that she said she feels okay. Okay, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Well, her response was not that. We'll hear it right now. How do you feel in your body right now? Funny you ask that. I feel, I guess, the most confident ever. I've never really had, like, low confidence, honestly. I know some people, they, you know, they're praying on my downfall. But, um, 
I'm just, I'm just saying because I've always been confident and like there are literally people oh you're so cocky but it's like why do I need to feel bad about me because you feel bad about you like don't hate on me because your confidence tank is on me you know but yeah. I feel for the most part like pretty good in my body I won't lie to be transparent I did have a spiraling moment last month because I was underwear shopping and you know when you're that it's something so intimate and like you're just trying to find underwear and right it's like things weren't fitting the way I would want them to fit or like they were just a little uncomfortable and I kind of didn't have a choice in it and I never really feel like that but that mm. one day I did so how did you spiral to put you on the spot Sorry. okay well I was firstly I was very excited for the underwear I went to yeah. Target and Cute. I got so many pairs and I came home and you know put under underwear on to try those on and then I was like am I not liking this because I'm wearing another pair of underwear or what but like my spiral turned into a very long voice note in my group chat mm. and did I cry I don't think I cried surprisingly I'm a crier but that was my spiral yeah. and then the next day I went and returned everything and then two days later I went and bought underwear and I was fine I hate like with a capital H hate trying on things in fitting rooms yes. something about the mirrors the lighting it's yeah. just like i will take it home the and try worst it on experience i feel so ugly when i'm in a fitting room same I don't know what i could is. is it the lighting? dress up like, the best possible way do my hair and makeup and i'll go and i'll feel good when i'm shopping and then i'll go in the fitting that, room yeah and it's like all the demons of low self-esteem come out and it's just the worst time ever I nobody was in here oh yeah. well, i guess <laughs> I guess my my self conscious my yeah. self conscious is in here yeah yeah mm-hmm. well I'm sorry you went through that I think that's a universal experience yeah. and so you said that people are like preying on your downfall when people expect you not to be confident do you think it's because of the way you look people assume that you should feel a certain way I just want to reiterate that I'm I'm hot okay <laughs> I um, I can agree <laughs> I feel like. As a plus size woman, people feel that I should have low self-esteem and I should not be confident. But that is not the case for me in particular. Every once in a while, I have like moments, you know, or mm-hmm. like there will be comments made. I think at this particular time, but I I know exactly what happened. I was talking to this guy and... He said something. So I made like a sassy comment. It was just a joke. You know, I'm very witty. And a whole day later, he says to me like, oh, you have no ass, which first of all, I do. Okay. He's just, I had on large sweatpants. It was one in the morning when he saw me. What am I supposed to be wearing? But he's like, oh, you have no ass. Like you look like a thumb. So then, yeah. So the next day, when I went to go buy underwear, this is what I was thinking in my head. You said that you feel confident, but how would you describe your relationship with your body? I'll be honest, it can be a love hate, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think mostly love. And and that took a while with only within the recent years, just because it has been through so much trauma. And I real, not me about to cry. Um, it has been through so much trauma and I realized like this is the one body that God gave me and you know it's it's still trucking along I'm healthy you know I'm I don't want to say able-bodied because that feels yeah. wild to say but no but yeah yeah You're I'm healthy like, I don't yeah I don't have around. any issues you know I I'm, I'm good and yeah my I just try to love my body as much as possible because 
for however long I'm on this earth, this is the body I'm going to have. Yeah. You know, you and see, so I just want to take care of it and love it as much as I can. Right. Who else is going to do that? So you mentioned that like it's a love hate relationship and recently like if it transitioned to like more love or acceptance and yeah. respect. Could you picture yourself as a young girl right now and see if that you had that similar relationship or was it completely different when you were younger? I, I would say I did, honestly. That's like, great. I, I don't come from like the type of community or family where like we have. Well, we have body image issues, but n nobody's ever like, oh, you're fat. You need to lose weight. Like I never had mm. that issue, honestly, until middle school. Yeah. <laughs> and we know where I went to middle school at. Yasmin and I both went to the same middle school, Salam School. Yes, that is my name. So you can imagine the jokes I endured when I was younger. But speaking about my childhood bullies is not what this episode is about. Yasmin is two years above me, and we both attended an Islamic school in a predominantly Arab neighborhood. I wanted to give some context on the beauty standards for Middle Eastern women. The ideal beautiful Arab woman has big eyes, full eyebrows, natural curves, an olive complexion, thick hair. They're sophisticated, put together, clean. A woman's beauty is directly tied with her reputation. And the objective of this reputation is to eventually find a life partner. So even though both Yasmin and I are Muslim, one of us is Arab and the other is Black. There were four black girls and like a handful of, yeah, yeah. there was like maybe like 10, 15 of us throughout the whole school because it was kindergarten through eighth grade yeah. at the time. And that's, that's nothing compared yeah, to now. Absolutely nothing. So you said that you started feeling uncomfortable or saw your body a bit differently because, you know, the uniform fit differently on you. Is an extra layer also because of, you know, you were black as well in a predominantly, extremely predominantly Middle Eastern community in school? Yeah, I would say that. When Arabs. it comes to Arabs, they really focus on body image. Oh, yeah. Knowing that's my upbringing, <laughs> I know. Um, and I, I guess I never, when I was younger, I never really noticed that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you asked me about, you know, how do you feel about your body? And I said, like, a love, hate, more recently, love. And there was a, a period, like, in my adulthood, I would say, like, 2018, 2019, mm -hmm. where my friend's mom made a comment about like how I was dressed was she was like oh you're dressed sexy and I was wearing a long sleeve shirt and jeans the, the shirt was just tucked yeah. into the jeans cuz well, I because you have curves yeah anything I, I don't I was like, deemed what am I already to sexualized <laughs> when yeah. you're a bigger person yeah we did mention that Arabs really focus a lot on body image and I I want to clarify this isn't Islam the religion and I can only speak about my upbringing and my experience I always fit into that box of being that Arab princess look until my mental health kind of derailed. I had some sexual trauma that I was dealing with and the pandemic really brought it all up to surface. I'm in therapy and I'm on antidepressants and I've gained a lot of weight that I'm not really used to. And I can't tell you how ingrained my sense of worth was and I'll be frank, still is tied to my appearance. Even so that when I saw my mom after not seeing her for four years because she lived overseas, the first thing that she said to me is, Why are you not taking care of yourself? 
how could you let yourself go? Sorry, I'm about to cry. Oh, no, yeah. I definitely felt the whole, like, how would you let yourself go thing? Because that, that happened to me like, as well. Like, mm-hmm. And I didn't even know until we did, like, a group brunch with the girls. And there was a picture taken. And I hadn't seen everybody in, in like, maybe, like, seven months. Mm-hmm. I was working full-time in school full-time. So this is, like, the one time, like, everybody saw me. So this picture was taken. And I look at it, and I'm like... This is what I look like. Yeah. Like I knew I had gained weight, but I didn't know that's what I looked like. I had gained 40 pounds in like seven months mm-hmm. just because I was depressed and just overworked and like in school. Yeah. And it got to a point where like I was graduating a couple months after that. I didn't want to walk my graduation stage because mm. I didn't like how I felt or looked. And then and the the wildest thing is like that was my 25th birthday that same week mm-hmm. i didn't want to do anything for my birthday which i don't even think i did honestly yeah I pr- i'm pretty sure i didn't because i just was so unhappy and then that summer i spiraled so deep into depression i lost 50 pounds in one summer so like everybody that saw me i, I didn't even go to like eat pray or anything either because i didn't want to be seen so then do when you- they did see me do you think you got praised for that weight loss, even though it was an unha- well, unhealthy listen, weight loss? It's the fact that it's 2023. This happened in 2018. People are still saying, oh, you look great. Like we just we were just at a party a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You and I, somebody said that, yeah. that I look so good. And I said, oh, thanks. I almost died that summer. Yeah. But thank you. I appreciate it. And yes, I got so much praise for that. And it was so like triggering and like heartbreaking. It's like this is what I went through. Like literally almost died and oh my God, not me about to cry. And this is why I say like, I try to love on me as much because I know what, like what my body has been through. Like that summer, I I was so depressed. Like I was barely eating, which is how I lost the weight, but I was so weak. There would be days I would literally wake up and I could not get out of bed because I was going to pass out just from the simple fact that I, I was too weak to get up mm-hmm. or like I missed an entire month and a half of work because I, I couldn't do I just couldn't do it yeah and I wasn't even getting paid anything either so I so had a like, whole job and I <laughs> wasn't even doing it so yeah and I and I the fact that I still get praised for that oh you look so good mashallah like no like I'm I'm happy like in the sense where like I did get that weight off so I didn't have to work as hard because losing weight is not an easy thing but at the same time like how it happened and like I do make like self-deprecating jokes like, oh, shout out to depression and all that for the weight loss. But mm-hmm. no, I rather would not have had it that way. I love that energy, mm-hmm. but I also love the vulnerability. It was really deep. Yeah, we got there. There were so many cracks and crevices that were eye-opening, yeah. you know, especially when you're actively trying to do the work on yourself Mm -hmm. and you have external people saying oh wow you look great you oh wow you know you look great you lost 50 pounds get it girl you know all that cheering but you know the pain and suffering that your body has gone through Mm -hmm. and people are encouraging you to continue yeah you know and and it's it can be have dire consequences and they're encouraging you continue to walk that road Mm -hmm. without considering that it could be dangerous yeah i'm so grateful that she went there because i think this is a conversation that we need to have Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of on that flip side not where people are congratulating me for losing weight but for people that are looking at me like 
oh, you kind of lost yourself or you kind of let yourself go. Mm -hmm. But they're not seeing that I am trying everything that I can to get, get healthier. Back. Yes. But mentally or get back to feeling like myself. And it's just not my physical sense is not like in that same relationship right now. I think most people don't consider when life changes happen or major events mm -hmm. happen in your life that they manifest through your physical presence. Yeah. And and it's not even a give me grace situation. It's this is what life is, right? Stuff happens in order for stuff to happen. And COVID was such an interruption in the world yeah. that I think for everyone, to be honest, I think there's a pre-COVID you and there's a post-COVID mm -hmm. you and they do not look the same. Support for 88.9 comes from your membership and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Through the Greater Together campaign, the foundation and community work together to build a thriving Milwaukee for all. Partnership ideas at greatermilwaukeefoundation.org. Giselle Flores is a Milwaukee Latinx social justice activist and works as a racial equity and economic justice advocate at Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. It's in her blood to challenge systems of discrimination, inequality, and injustice in Milwaukee, and to work towards creating a more equitable and just world. But what happens when the work you do for your community takes a toll on your body? Every interview I've conducted for this month, I've asked the same question to start the process. How are you feeling in your body? Some people had a simple one word answer, like good. I feel good in my body. But Yuseli, she had to take a moment. I need to sit with that for a minute. Um, I see myself as this really strong character in my community. But then when I go home, I'm like this really tired, lethargic, exhausted person who just wants to like cuddle up and read a book play on my switch and just like disconnect completely mm -hmm. because the you know the coming day or the following day it's you're just always on go mode and I feel like I never really have time to like catch up with myself or with my body sometimes I just feel really emotionally just heavy right mm -hmm. like I suffered uh, with body dysmorphia growing up a lot that same like familiar like relationship that I had with my body has always been kind of like disconnected so right now I'm really just struggling to like accept myself as what I look like and who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm like refusing to buy jeans in my size because I'm like, I'm not going to do this to myself. I'm not going to go up a size. And like I end up just harming myself. Mm -hmm. Right. So like right now in myself, like there's this like external like confidence that I feel like I have to just like put out to the world. But internally with myself, I'm just feeling really yeah, just disconnected from myself and like from like this reality of like who I really am and like what I really can be or achieve as my current self. And that's always been a struggle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that honesty. So you said that you have been disconnected from your body. Where do you think that comes from? It definitely comes from like not having access to parts of myself, right? Mm -hmm. Not having access to being able to travel to like my homeland. 
Yeah. And the times where I feel most connected to myself is when I'm like in Aztlan, which is like New Mexico, Arizona, California. Like I feel like this like rooted feeling. I wish I could describe it. But even like like being barefoot on certain like soil, I just feel like rooted and connected to like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be or like this is where I belong. Mm. And, you know, a lot of us, right, there's like 14 million undocumented people who have been disconnected from this truth, you know, from themselves. And I almost wonder if parts of like why I never really feel whole in myself is because there's a big hole missing. And it's that relationship with like my culture, the relationship with like. The only time that I get to see myself on media is through this like Americanized lens Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really exist for for me unless like I traveled somewhere like Puerto Rico where everybody speaks Spanish. Everybody's asking if you want someone with this like fried food and, and the street food and that just doesn't exist for for me right now. And I feel like like accepting that is has been like probably more difficult than accepting like how my body is now. So being undocumented, do you feel like that alienation of your body is also might be influenced from that in a sense that like you're not counted for here or seen as like, quote unquote, a person or a citizen? Yeah. Like just the, the ma- like seeing us like not being good enough to like deserve this like nine digit number or like not being like whole enough or human enough and I do sometimes feel like I overcompensate like my sadness with like a large like Mexican traditional meal Mm -hmm. where like I you know I'm going to sleep in 30 minutes but I just ate like this big platter of enchiladas and I'm not gonna rest well because I'm gonna have heartburn but like it felt good to just like be able to sit down with like my culture with myself let's go back to that first question how you're feeling and you answered with heavy and I think that's such a great description of that that feeling in your body when you're disconnected or you feel a little alienated. Have you always felt that way? I really think it's been recent. I feel like like social media has pushed us to self-love and self-acceptance, mm-hmm. but it's this like to me it's a really toxic culture because with self-love and self-acceptance like there's a lot of apologizing that you have to do to your body. There's a lot of self-awareness that you need to come into and like really just visualize yourself as like this person, like as much as I love my body, I want to like still be able to take care of my body, like Mm -hmm. still be able to be present for, you know, years to come. Mm -hmm. And I never had thyroid issues. I never had these, you know, like I was able to like lose five pounds if I wanted to in a month and a half. My body's just not doing that anymore. I'm only 26, right? And my body is just like refusing. And I feel like at one point it's just like protesting. It's just like, stop, stop just feeding us oatmeal in the morning. Like stop just doing this to your body. It's not fair. And I like I notice in my language, too, with myself, I talk in like us or like third person Mm. like that disconnect is happening, not just like in a in a visual, like physical sense, but also like mentally and yeah, it's just been really hard to to recognize that, okay, I'm going to have to get my thyroids checked. And being an advocate for yourself, being an advocate for my body at the doctor is a whole other can of worms, for lack of better words. I'm very fortunate to have insurance right now. And even with insurance, all of these tests are still in the hundreds. Like, mm-hmm. It's still going to take a stab at my paycheck just so I can see what's really wrong with my body. It's an investment yes. because it's taking yeah. away from the quality of life that yeah. that hundred or even sometimes it's more than one hormone test because they don't yeah. know. And that could be like a big chunk of your lifestyle, yeah. the funds for your life. Yeah. yeah. I remember growing up in like around the 2000s, 
you had a very different relationship with people in the media because you would see them in movies and then in magazines and then now like the computer. But now with social media and these influencers, like you're seeing every aspect of their life. And yeah. it's there is, in my opinion, at least on my feed, there's more representation, but it's still within this box of what's acceptable from that mm-hmm. culture or from that community or from that yeah. person. And if you slip out of it, you're out. Yeah. And you have to be like a very careful and it's just not enough. And that can be very damaging. And we think we're seeing their whole lives. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like this very curated, niche, curated, very catered to like a specific <clears throat> mission or vision that they have. And it's not really who they are. Mm-hmm. And I've struggled with that, too. I think like yeah. filters. Right. Like I'm, a, you know, trying so much harder to to tell myself like this is what I really look like and to just see that also on like my Instagram feed yeah you know and it's been really difficult with like filters or just access to I feel like access to like Botox and lip fillers has been way more accessible now mm-hmm. than it was in the early 2000s at least for like people of color it's it's hard because you could you you say like you do what you want with your body. Yeah. It is your body. And I totally completely believe that. My body, my choice in all that regard. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we are pushing a heavy narrative of getting Botox, getting filler. You know, there's this like now uh, Fox Eye and the yeah. eyebrow elimination. There's Ozempic, that <sighs> diabetes weight loss drug that is apparently on every celebrity's counter. Yeah. And it is a lot of advertising and mm-hmm. enforcement that this is normal mm-hmm. or even just it's over consumerism too to co- yeah. continue with that beauty trend. Like I was on Fentermine when I was mm-hmm. what year was it? I think 2020. Like during the pandemic I was like, "Whoa, like I just gained these like 30 plus pounds. What can I do?" Got blood work done. They were like, "Well, you know you qualify for like this medication, I'm like, well, what does Fenter mean, right? Mm-hmm. I look it up and it's an addictive drug. Like it's, you become reliant on the drug. A lot of my friends were like, whoa, you're like, you're losing weight, but like. Drastic. Drastically. Yeah. And it was like very, I was disrespecting my body because I'd come home again, like really lethargic and just like extremely thirsty to the point where like I had to get IVs, right? I was getting an IV. Oh, wow. Once every month because of what I was doing to my body. I know that you're, you're big on community. Yeah. Is this a conversation that's happening? about body image or self-esteem or how we're actually feeling in our body honestly i don't think so yeah no i think in like the social justice organizing world we don't ask and you know ourselves enough like how we're really doing Mm -hmm. before we realize like we're at the tip of burnout and then you burn out for months on end Mm -hmm. and wonder why it's so hard to come back i do a lot of like get out the vote work and right after the election last year i was sick for like 28 days straight I had a cold, I had pneumonia, I had like all of these things just wrong with me because my body was again playing catch up with myself Yeah. because nobody, you know, not that nobody bothered to take care of us, but there's this like, again, false sense of like self-love and self-awareness where like, don't forget to use your pay time off. Don't forget to take care of yourself. Don't forget to get, you know, take your sick day. And you see your coworkers still working till 10, you know, PM or 11 PM and like they're sending you emails that you can tell are like schedule sent because they're mm-hmm. like right at 8 a.m. back to back. And I'm like, if you're creating this like environment for me not to be able to take care of myself because I'm noticing you're not taking care of yourself, like how am I supposed to advocate for myself or my body? So how do you take care of your body when you do feel exhausted or when you want to just bounce back? What do you do to show that self-love? I love baths. Yeah. 
I take so many baths to the point where I like have like two kettles mm-hmm. that are just on standby in case my water starts getting too cool. <laughs> and I'll just throw the, you know, the boiling oh, water. Oh, so into my, smart. I love yeah. that. It just feels good to like be floating and mm-hmm. like not feel that heaviness. Yeah. Like, just like letting go and just like allowing yourself to just float and and I feel like even like my body like tenses up a lot during the work day mm-hmm. where like I feel like I shrink a little yeah and like in the bath I feel like I just grow like, like expanding just, like, a yeah. bit I love yeah. that it's so beautiful yeah. speak about vulnerability I love that both Yasmin and Yuseli went there and really took this conversation to a whole new level that I didn't even expect she brought me back when I had first given birth to my twins. Mm. And I will tell people the only two times in my life where I felt like I had no control over my body was when I was pregnant and when COVID happened. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to take it. I had to sit back and let my body do what it was going to do. And in those moments... I felt her so much because I used to be able to eat until I was full and nothing would happen, you know? And and then you gain 40 pounds and the world just feels different. You feel different in your own body. You feel like, you, like something has taken over your body yeah. and it won't let go. And it's heavy and it weighs. And it's not the physical heaviness. It's just the wow, this doesn't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. This used to be really, really big. Yeah. And I can't even get this past my hips or I don't want to buy new clothes because then I have to psychologically admit that I haven't gone down to where I used to be. I've actually gone up. Mm-hmm. And the idea that your family is separated from you is just an additional weight yeah. weighing your body down. And it's not physical but it's mental and that affects the rest of your physical body so I I I agree I felt really connected to her story and I felt sad yeah and I've known Yuseli since high school and it's been really interesting to see her develop into a woman and she's always someone that I really incredibly admired because she's always presented herself as this extroverted confident woman in the political sphere, she's the first one that I know that will, you know, talk and advocate for people that can't. And especially knowing that she's undocumented, that is something that is incredibly difficult to do because you're putting yourself at risk. So to have this conversation with her, this is the first time ever kind of going this deep where we can dial back and speak about things. I, I really just felt like I was looking into a mirror and I, I, re- I wanted to give her a hug because I'm there right now alongside her. And there are days where my body is turned off and it's like I'm on airplane mode. And then you have to be like actually present somewhere in a work meeting, hanging out with friends in a fitting room. And it just completely feels like you're watching yourself living and and you're not connected. What do you love most about your body? It kept me alive. It's a beautiful Ooh, answer. Was, thank you. I was going to say that was a little dark. <laughs> no. It kept me alive, honestly. Like, I really love my thighs. Okay, Slay. Yes, they are. I love that they grow with me because then mm-hmm. I just look at them and like that feeling when you like sit down and like they like spread out. I feel like I'm a little gordita. Like, <laughs> and like you just need to like fill me up and like I'm just like happy in them. Join us for our next episode as we continue the conversation on body image. 
I speak to a hair loss advocate, Yomari Casaino. The crazy part is that 50% of women will experience hair loss yeah. at some point in their lives. So why are we not talking about it? Why is this not something that's represented in society and media and all of the all of the places? And include men into the conversation. Is there a specific body type that's tied in with masculinity? I mean, from what I can see, I think just being tall and, and muscular yeah. just like somehow makes you um, that thing that's like the masculine perspective of things mm-hmm. where, um, you know, you can pick up a log without any hesitation right. and stuff like that, um, you know, which is unrealistic. This is your host, Salam Fathayed. Thank you to Nate Imig, our executive producer, Kiri Salinas, our audio production manager, Brett Krasgowski is our web editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lar. Graphics and our wonderful logo is made by Aaron Bagata. Our community engagement coordinator is Mallory Wallace and Dan Reiner handles our social media accounts. And a big, big thank you to our city loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast and tune in next week for the next episode of Uniquely Milwaukee.